0: Hello, welcome to episode 189 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, this episode, me and Fong are going to be talking about three other prospects um, that were likely going to be around, you know, the lottery area, or like basically around top, you know, top four to around seven, which is right where the Kings is kind of slotted to be. So, um, before you know the draft lottery happens on Tuesday, uh, you know, We let's uh take this chance before we know our spot, like in case we somehow drop down, in case we just stay at seven, uh, that you know we have a chance to talk about the higher up the upper echelon prospects. So, th- this episode, we're going to be talking about Jaden Ivey, AJ Griffin, and Keegan Murray. The Shade and Sharp episode will be coming, but. He's a tricky one to evaluate just because there is no college tape on him. So uh, stay tuned for that. We might release it over the weekend or something. But as it stands right now, uh, here is Fong with me to talk about these trap picks.
1: Hello. Well, I guess let's start off with Jaden Ivy. Well, some key strengths that he has is, you know, his, his athleticism. He has pretty good transition play. Uh, he has a pretty good drive and, you know, his scoring is not bad. Uh, is more comparable to his play is more comparable to, you know, somewhat of Ja Morant's because he uses his, uh, Ja's pretty much favorite uh, move, which is a cross jab and bulldog move. You know, utilizing his speed, he is a very fast guard. No, he's not really a guard, is he?
0: He's around six four, and yeah, I call him Tall John Morant. That's basically what he is. He like legitimately, it looks like he went to his barber and just said, "Make me look like John Morant," and then tells his trainer, "Hey, what does John Morant do?" Oh, okay, I'll uh, do that too.
1: I'm pretty sure he's also rocking the same number as Jaw too, if I remember correctly.
0: Oh, I, oh, I actually don't know Jaw's number, but i keep going. Oh,
1: okay, I don't know well, it off the top of my head. Well, you know, at the basket, he's about 58.8%. Uh, he uses his body pretty well to drive to a rim. And, you know, when using his body, he also draws fouls at a rate of 5.8 free-throw Five point eight free, throws, uh, free, uh, free throw attempts per game at 74.4%. Uh, and, you know, he's also an improving free-point shooter, which... Uh, from his freshman year, he was at a 25.8%, which is pretty abysmal, to uh, a respectable 35.8. And you know, his jumper kind of reminds me of Fox in a way, uh, in some sorts, uh, you know. And other than that, you know, he, he could be a potential playmaker with an upside as a passer in pick and roll. But other than that, I mean, just very slight similarities to kind of like a jaw or a Fox, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so that's the, the kind of thing where it's a bit tricky in, in terms of, like, how we fit on the Kings. You know, we, you know, you talk about him being a little bit of a taller John Moran. Like, you, we kind of have that guy essentially on our team already, like, in Fox. Granted, like, you know, Ivy could be more, but, like, he plays in a very similar way. He, you know, is a very athletic slasher who has a questionable jump shot and likely will be a bit of a project going forward. Um, but, you know, like, as you said, like crazy athletic can probably turn into a really good creator at some point, has some passing potential, and there's a lot of upside with him. Uh, but the problem is like, does he fit on this team? Like, can this team sustain another guard essentially? Cause he is six, four, like he
1: does not look super tall. Mm, yeah. In my opinion, I, probably would pass on him, but eh, I mean, why can't we have like two Fox on the four, right? Yeah, I can see it
0: working. He like, he would be a tough fit, but like, you know, the Kings can't really pass up on talent right now. And, you know, it it doesn't hurt to have a little bit more athleticism as well. But what do you think of his defensive like game? I know there isn't that much talked about it, but do you think there's there's potential uh, there?
1: I mean, his defense, it's—I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Fox. It's a little inconsistent in some ways. Uh, that's why I compare it more to Fox than Jaw. But you know,
0: to be fair, Jaw's a horrible defender too. <laughs> like that—that's thats a real thing. It's just that the Grizzlies have better defenders around him.
1: Yeah, other than like uh, you know the usual ball security and sometimes he has uh, tunnel vision. I mean. <laughs> Eh, it could get fixed over time but yeah like you said it's more of a project than uh uh you know a fitting piece to the puzzle i guess like i
0: just for his defense i just wrote eh
1: like maybe
0: maybe (laughs) but like he is long that is that is a thing and you know like being a long guy with long arms like it never hurts but, like, yeah, the, the verdict on him mainly is that he's not really a shooter, more of a slasher, pretty much needs the ball in his hands. And, you know, it will take a little bit uh He is, he, again, a bit of a project, but if things click, I can see it working. But it is that's a tough fit around on the Kings, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, in, in my opinion, he's probably in the bottom of my list in terms of, uh, you know, if we do get around the pick... Uh, that we're supposed to get, so yeah, we'll we'll see if uh, he gets picked up somewhere. I guess.
0: I assume you haven't studied the the draft in depth. Let's just say, let's just say, for whatever reason, Ivy drops to seven, which honestly is pretty unlikely. Uh huh. Let's say he drops the seven, and like it, you know, we'll get into them. Keegan Murray and AJ Griffin are not there anymore, and the, the other three, the ones we talked about um, the episode
1: before, like do you take ivy at that point mm. now in recent years i mean we we pretty much chose talent over pit uh, like fit and you know we always talk about fit for the past like what two three years now and at this point i think monty's more looking towards a uh, talent and uh you know you know potential trade assets i guess in the for the future um in terms of fit i don't know it's i'm gonna have to look through these guys again i, I don't know if ivy's gonna be that kind of guy that we would uh pick up but if we were to pick him up i think it's more for um talent and you know a potential trade asset for something else okay what would you take him though to be honest probably not i mean there's probably there's other guys that i have in mind to be honest
0: Look, if if like Paolo is for whatever reason available, which seems impossible, Chet, there's no way, Jabari, no way. But if Shaden drops to seven, I'll probably take Shaden just because like Shaden is taller and longer, and you know a bit of a mystery box. And I I feel like I feel like you, like the Kings have not taken a risk, I guess, uh, in recent years. Like Halliburton was a home run pick. Like, you know, that was a great pick. That guy somehow fell to you. And, you know, you, ha- you it was right there for you. Davion Mitchell. Like, you know, James Hamm talk- talked about it. Like, you could, if you if you kept a lot right and just kept, if you kept a lawn right and drafted Moses Moody, this team might be a little, might be better today just because, you know, uh, Moses could have, you know, developed into somebody and is, you know, the position you need. And, at, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I love Davion, but, like, this team needs wings. And I just feel, you know, if Ivy is there at seven, and if Shane is off the board, I'll take I'll take Ivy. You know? I see. He turn, he turn You could turn him into some sort of asset, and worst case scenario, you make him work. You, yeah. you just find a way to make it work, because talent finds a way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it happening. It's just... He he may be a little too short for my liking. I would like probably more like six six up words in my opinion. But oh, were you about to say something? No, no, sorry. Oh, but yeah, that I mean, I, I prefer a much taller wing or lengthy, bigger wing. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, well, you're speaking my language because I've been saying that for years, 6'5 or above, <laughs> but you know, it, it is what it is. We'll see. Jane Ivy is intriguing, again, just you, you kind of have a better version of him currently. We don't know if Ivy will become better than Fox, but you already kind of have a version of him in and Fox, so well, it, it's, a, it's a tall ask for me to really buy into him, and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his game anyways. It, you know, if the jump shot doesn't come around, that's going to be rough.
1: Yeah. I mean, he will probably develop wherever he goes or yeah, pretty much wherever he goes. Okay. Well, let's move on to some, you know, two people who do probably
0: do feel a little better. Let's start with AJ Griffin. Um, What are your thoughts on him and what are your analysis of him?
1: Well, I gotta say he's a pretty impressive cutter. (laughs) He likes to find those open spots uh, whenever he can. And, you know, probably in my one of my top choices in terms of uh I guess players to fit in and uh his three point shooting I gotta say pretty nice. Forty four point seven percent on four point one three point attempts per game. Uh he does have a pretty weird wide stance, but you know, it's it's pretty fluid enough. Have you seen this uh, shot?
0: I have and it's it it, it concerns me a little bit, I'll just say oh, just because really? just because like it, well, he's only had one year of, he's only played one year right yeah and you know like one year is it can be a bit fluky like remember lonzo ball shot 40 percent from three in college in ucla mm-hmm. so and you know he's he's become a good shooter but it was pretty rough for a few years so i don't know like it could probably work but like there is a bit of risk with him with that weird base. Oh. i think
1: Well, another risk that they mentioned is his knee injury prior to the season. And, uh, you know, he was a pretty bursty guy in high school, uh, according to his, you know, high school highlights, which he definitely looks a lot more burstier than he is in college because, uh, I mean, he does have good size and, you know, handles, but he, I don't want to say he's like Kyle Anderson slow, but he's a lot slower than what he was in high school i guess you could say
0: i think he just needs like some time to readjust i don't think he'll be an issue i, I think he'll, he'll find a way to adjust to it and i don't think he'll be kyle anderson level slow but no, yeah you know he it's gonna take him a little bit and he slots he theoretically fits a lot better on this team because he is a wing and he's what six six with like a seven foot wingspan like that's a that's a that's good size uh to, to you know fill the king's needs
1: mm-hmm. Uh, my only other note that I have is uh, that his um, on-and-off ball defense is kind of eh, and his lateral quickness is, like I said, it's kind of eh too because of his injury. But like you said, could could develop over time, potentially get that uh, groove back uh, eventually with his offense and uh, defense, and I guess we'll have to see
0: yeah the defense is oh yeah the defense is bad (laughs) like you know his stance like you talk about like his uh his shooting he's shooting uh what's called his base is weird it somehow translates to his defense where his stance looks really weird Mm -hmm. like his like basically it looks like he's like pushing his shoulders forward and like trying to weirdly flex his shoulders i i don't know how to and then he leans forward. it's weird to describe but like he's he's not very quick and then, like, the off-ball is somehow worse. Like, where there are so many clips of him getting backdoored. Like, the awareness isn't really there. The good, like, he kind of has a general idea of where to be. But, like, he's in the spot, but he's not really doing anything, if, he, if that makes any sense. He's in the spot, but, like, the awareness is really bad.
1: Yeah, he gets a little tunnel vision at times. Uh, yeah, under that, I mean, I feel like uh we have guys to assist him off the ball but yeah i I don't know he's still kind of iffy for me in defense
0: yeah like i mean i you never know like once he gets into the nba he can probably learn but like i mean the kings have had how many bad years of defense i don't know if that's gonna work with the kings but Uh like i would i would take a risk on him just because like he has the tools to be and maybe the knee injury has kind of like sapped a lot of his quickness and maybe he gains it back in the pros but like yeah he was getting blown by bad lateral quickness just really really bad on defense however very good very good post defender there's something there a bit of a brick wall down there like guys couldn't really move him he uses his length pretty well like again seven what's a seven foot or seven one wingspan and you know he looks like a guy that can probably you know be a small ball four.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, he'd probably be in my top five without you know the six that we've gone through at the moment. So, yeah, he he wouldn't be a bad pickup if uh, somehow we uh, ran him in our spot.
0: Okay, well, like, who do you think he reminds you of? Like, do you uh, have a comparison?
1: I'm trying to remember he does remind me of someone like
0: i, I um, forgot if it was him or keegan murray which we'll get into but like if, who it like basically said he's very auto
1: Hmm. i could see it just not as like quick as auto i think in my opinion
0: yeah young Otto was a quick defender but like the Otto Porter now is like he's a thick boy like he's got some he's got some meat on him now Uh, Mm um but like the guy I compare him to is like he's very Harrison Barnes to me honestly like very strong like driver in terms of like just kind of being very physical Mm -hmm. but and like you know not a crazy quick and explosive guy but a strong as hell like you know forward like down there again a small ball four type like he reminds me a lot of Harrison Barnes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that Harrison Barnes now, <laughs> not young Harrison Barnes.
0: Yeah. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes used to get up back in the oh, Warriors days. Not, oh, not so yeah. much. Not so much anymore. But yeah, like that's kind of what he reminds me of. And um, if do you have anything else to go uh, about AJ Griffin before we move on? I know we're going by this really quickly, but like, I, unless um, until we know what we're picking, I, I'm not going to go too in depth with these guys.
1: Yeah, I don't have any much else. I I made it short and quick and simple, pretty much.
0: Well, well, speaking of like Harrison Barnes, another guy that honestly reminds me of Harrison Barnes is Keegan Murray. Like he he is literally like a clone of him. Uh, can you go through some of his uh statistics or no? Some of his what were some of the notes that
1: you have about Keegan Murray? Oh, well, he's I want to say he's kind of like a jack of all trades. Um, in some ways uh, mostly in his transition play and he is he he does real well in transition which doesn't mean which, shit but you know. yeah I mean it can work like I guess theoretically during <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also pretty good in transition too I think when <laughs> there's no one in front of me <laughs> yeah and it's college so yeah, I mean he went in scoring and transition in the in D1 college basketball view.
0: I, I remember when Michael, was it Michael Carter Williams was like, you know, a top prospect and he apparently like 30 something percent of his points were in transition.
1: Ooh. So it's like, this. I this mean, guy, he, had a, yeah.
0: he had a great start to his career, but you know, his career has been fizzled out
1: now. Yeah, I think this guy had, I want to say a majority of his shots in transition. <laughs> so to, to, I guess take it with a grain of salt. Can be good, can be bad uh under that his cutting and finishing is uh, pretty pretty simple pretty good and tra- he uh just alone well traffic uh pretty good in the post you know effective cutter uh and you know the team's uh, Iowa's teams uh offense uh, pretty util- or utilizes cuts a lot uh which you know he he himself utilizes uh his offensive rebounding i don't know why they put that as a pro but you know he has good hands and he has good putbacks uh kind of like in a marvin bagley sense but you know without that second jump of course uh his free point yeah, shooting sir-
0: served marvin really
1: well here yeah uh yeah <laughs> uh his free point shooting i mean the 39.8 percent really good on 4.7 percent 4.7 at 10. 4.77 4. okay got it
0: so i don't don't, don't shoot him in, <laughs> don't shoot any threes. that that's not his thing
1: uh i drank too much caffeine earlier but uh i mean his shot looks pretty fluid pretty balanced uh it's not really too, it's not gonna be the flashiest of all three-point shooters uh from our list in my opinion but uh, he's going to be more of that catch-and-shoot kind of guy or, you know, that pick-and-pop kind of guy in terms of his three-point shots. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so everything you just kind of mentioned to me, like, you know, the ability, like, good transition attacker, like, you know, strong and can shoot threes. Like, it. I mean, that's pretty much Harrison Barnes. That <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> like, you know, he's he's really, really, like, uses physicality well on straight-line drives. And the good offensive rebounder, that's going to be an interesting thing. I don't know if that translates, but that's interesting because offensive rebounding, it's just about being at the right place at the right time and basketball IQ. And like, you know, you never know, like that could be a real thing. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to like affect the game, like, you know, substantially, but it is something that the Kings could, you know, look to possibly. And, you know, I think that could be a thing um, in the NBA
1: yeah and if i remember correctly this guy's this guy's pretty tall right
0: <laughs> he's around like six seven ish i think six oh. eight ish he's a forward and again it's like just think harrison barnes when you think keegan murray
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: literally exactly yeah. what he is i think
1: i mean looking at his strengths i mean it, yeah you might as well put harrison barnes in uh instead of keegan <laughs> murray in that <Datra. laughs>
0: But right. yeah, like he has good instincts on, on, on the ball or off the ball. I mean, like, you know, as opposed to like Asia Griffin, like, you mm-hmm. know, he can guard threes and fours pretty reliably he can switched onto twos, hopefully as well. He's not very laterally quick, at, at least from what I can see. And, you know, he's going to get, tor- he's probably going to get torched by like quicker guys. But, you know, if you have a strong enough team defense behind him, like it could work, but like, he's a guy that I would have less questions about on defense compared to A.J. Mm-hmm. griffin
1: yeah his positioning seems pretty fine and i mean he seems like a pretty good help side uh protector in case of you know our other defense collapse so i i wouldn't be too worried about his defense too
0: yeah he's not going to be a guy that guards fives but come on he's not going to guard that many fives anyways like you know yeah the kings are always going to have a center out there so like that's not going to be a thing he's going to be worried about in terms of like in half court offense it's not really a good creator in the half court there's a lot of upside there but like you know it's, it's some it's something that's gonna you know be a work in progress he doesn't have much of an in-between game does have a bit of a post game but like is that really gonna be a thing hmm?
1: mm, yeah i i saw that as a pro but as i i mean no one not many people post anymore.
0: I mean, if he can get a switch and post up, that'd be nice. It's just like when you have like just him post up against a regular small forward or a regular four, like that's a bad idea. But like, you know, if you can get like a random point guard on him on a switch, why not try it out? Like, again, it's like literally what Harrison Barnes does, (laughs) like everything. Like literally he he's modeled after Harrison Barnes.
1: (laughs) He probably gets some pointers, too, if he uh, comes here, too.
0: Uh, so his passing, what do you think of his passing? Like, I just said he's not a black hole. He he will pass it and makes decent enough decisions, but he's not like a natural passer or an advanced
1: uh, passer. No, but I mean, he's pretty unselfish uh, in a way. He's more of a, what they say, a team ball mover in, rather than a natural playmaker. So, you know, we, we've seen a lot of team ball movement in the Kings uh, in recent memory where they just pass through the perimeter and hope that they make something. So I'd say it pretty much fit in, right? (laughs) Pretty well with the Kings. He did keep his turnovers low, so that's something.
0: So not a a crazy, like, risky decision-maker. So there's that. Again, ultimately, a a very safe pick, I feel, if you will. And we'll see if he manages to, like, drop all the way to seven. But, like, he's not a guy I would take a top four. I'll just say that. Um, yeah he's more if, if if like the kings keep number seven and he's there i would probably take him like if you want to say pick and ultimately i think he's the guy that the kings are gonna take that monty will pick just because monty wants defense and he wants like stability he doesn't really go as much for upside uh, as you mentioned earlier like davion mitchell while i think there's a lot of upside with him he's you could you could argue like moses moody and james book Knight had higher upsides but You know, we'll see, we'll see, like, what Monty does. I, these, you know, it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate to say, like, these guys, these three guys are, were kind of like our coaching finalists. Not, not immensely sexy, but ultimately some pretty safe picks, some questionable picks. And then there's one where, you know, it's just kind of boring. Keegan Murray would probably be the Steve Clifford of this one.
1: Oh. I actually would have rate him I want, I want i want to say fourth maybe fifth in uh out of six
0: again i just i i would take a higher i think aj griffin has higher upside so i probably would actually take aj griffin over keegan murray but mm. like you know the more the defensive stuff i don't know if aj griffin's gonna figure that out
1: hmm i see Yeah. Oh, uh well out of three well you already mentioned aj griffin so you would probably pick aj griffin out of the three if somehow uh these are the i guess three left uh out of the other three that weren't picked right
0: well here well here tell tell me this what pick would i have would i have the fourth pick those the, let's just say would i have the fourth pick with the seventh pick
1: let's just say our usual seventh projected pick
0: and all these guys are available
1: somehow yeah I think I would take Jaden and Ivey
0: and then trade him. <laughs> like that's what I would do. <laughs> right, Keegan Murray does not excite me. AJ Griffin, there's too much downside with him. But you know, make call him the Mark Jackson with this one. Like there's a lot of potential there, but there is a lot of unnecessary downside to it. And then I don't even know who what would what would Jaden Ivey be? He'd be Mike Day I think.
1: Oh. That'd be interesting. Huh? Yeah, I mean, if uh, if we were to keep or somehow get the seventh pick and you know possibly not trade it. i'd probably look into keegan murray in my opinion uh yeah keegan murray probably again this is probably the safest guy here. yeah adrian griffin i mean i like a lot of his stuff it's just his defense isn't there uh yet hopefully and i don't know about that knee injury to be honest i'm still kind of a little skeptical
0: i I just hope I, for some reason I'm very optimistic about the knee injury. I don't know why. I just feel like it's gonna it's gonna it's it'll be fine I feel hmm. oh, Although yeah. now that I think about it, like that stance that he has like that shooting stance that he has might have something to do with his knee injury too because <laughs> the way his like <gasps> bless me okay the way like he stands might put certain pressures on his knee that like might be causing uh, some of that knee injury.
1: Which I mean, in terms of his game, I mean, it seems pretty fine for the most part. Just, uh, yeah, need some polishing on that defense and uh, explosiveness. Yeah,
0: and hopefully, like, hopefully, he does have good health and has a great career. Hope all of these guys have great careers, because you know, you you want these guys to be able to find success, find lots of money. Okay. Uh, so now that that's uh, that's done, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the playoffs. So, more stuff has happened. Um, Sixers uh, just got eliminated by the uh, by the Miami Heat, and I, I will just say this: I will, I'm just texting a coworker, not to even throw shade at him, but he, I was, I just texted him how you know Philly's turning on Harden now, and it's going to be rough. They're going to turn him into Simmons soon. And he, and he responded back by saying, Well, and beat out a bad series. Oh boy, you guys, you, you, yeah, for the, for you Harden stands out there, be ready because Harden's about to enter the rust phase.
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because he is going to be a player that's going to demand, demand the ball in his hands, isn't good enough to demand the ball in his hands, and then is not going to play defense, not going to rebound. And you guys are stuck with a $40 million year per, per year player. That's just, you know, not good anymore. So have fun with that, Sixers fans. You guys are probably going to have to give them the extension.
1: Yeah, and how much is this extension? It's, it's got to be a lot, right?
0: So I think it, the max, the absolute max extension, if I remember right, was 260 for over five.
1: Oh. <laughs> Ew.
0: That's about $60 million in the final year, so
1: oh
0: wow look look Sixers this is the bed you this is what you guys want I'm sorry uh have fun, <laughs> have fun with that but um just to quickly talk about the series like you know MB MB was you know a singular force like he really did like try to bring them back as much as he could with a broken face and everything but uh, you know the reality is like this is a team that is not very well connected they don't play well together and you know, Harden just wasn't himself. I don't know if it's the hamstring injury. This could be a ham- the hamstring injury that he has. Like, that's just not reported. But, like, you know, I don't know where they go go ahead with this. They, like, their only option, really, is to either sign and trade Harden. But, like, what are you going to get back? Or just give him the extension? Or are you just going to let him opt into his player option? Which, honestly, wouldn't be the worst thing. And then have him walk next year, possibly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like, hmm. That's probably the best option, to be honest, have Harden signing in for the player option and decide later on. It still could work out potentially, I think. I mean, there's still going to be a playoff uh, team. So we'll have to see, I guess.
0: Um, Let's talk about the Miami Heat. Like, you know, your your favorite team, the Miami Heat, they advance to the conference finals without Kyle Lowry, mind you who's dealing with his own hamstring thingy like what's so like I guess you, well we'll have to see who wins the Bucks versus Celtics but like you know another kind of redemption story for Jimmy Buckets who you know came to play and like he he, he brought it when they needed it and you know they're back in the conference finals do you think they have a good chance of advancing to the NBA finals
1: mm, that's uh... I want them to advance, in, in my opinion. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough, tough uh, fight, whether it's Boston or Milwaukee, in my opinion.
0: Like, what do you what do you think of the Duncan Robinson situation? The fact that they paid this guy like ninety million uh, over five years, and he barely played this series.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what's up. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. He, uh, I feel like he could be traded. I don't know why, but I mean, his contract's pretty not the greatest, so we'll have to see about that. Um, I would like to see him play, but I mean, his game's kind of, I don't know, just uh, I guess one sided, you could say.
0: Well, the issue is they you can't, can't play next to Tyler Hero. You just have too many barbecue chicken players out there. Yeah, when they're both out there. And what do you think of the possibility of the Kings trading for him? for Duncan? Duncan.
1: Ooh, I actually wouldn't mind that to be honest. Even though his defense is going to be, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, well, like you know, we have Buddy Heal, and we survived well enough for a bit like Uh, and you know he is six seven like that that is that is a bonus and like he is a smart player like the issue with buddy was that he had he just was not smart in terms of just knowing where to be and all that stuff it's just there was all that stuff and i think it could work and honestly like now that i'm thinking about it you can probably you can probably do like justin holiday and Rashawn holmes for him and like it kind of fits a need for them too like he could be the backup center for them um for the heat and that'd be great for him
1: Mm, yeah i wouldn't mind that at all
0: yeah so and you know we'll see i mean like kings need shooting and like that's one thing duncan can do shoot yeah (laughs) okay um the next series i want to talk about uh well, let's let's just get this out of the way warriors get absolutely waxed by the grizzlies in game five i don't know what the fuck that game was like they, they started out pretty they started out okay like they were down but like i think they tied or like you know took the lead in the first quarter but then the second quarter comes and by the end like towards the middle of it the warriors just couldn't buy a bucket Like, all the shooters were missing threes, and, you know, Grizzlies have done a great job of just packing the paint really, really well, and especially with Steven Adams playing now, like, there is just no space down there to really drive and get, you know, get shots off, and they're not hitting shots from the outside, and, you know, when it rains, it pours, and then by the time it was halftime, it was a 20-point game, and it only got worse in the second half.
1: Yeah, wait, did they tie in the first quarter? I thought uh, Memphis was pretty much... No, they,
0: they tied at one point. They were close uh, at one point. Like, it was like 24-24, if I remember right. Yeah,
1: by like, looking at the bot score, I mean, Memphis was uh, scoring 38, 39, 42 from the first, second, third quarter, respectively, and then, went, you know, 15 and fourth quarter because, you know, all the... All the what you' call it, trash time in the world it happened in bad quarter. And yeah, in terms of warriors, they they didn't really show right after the first half or even before the first half at all
0: yeah i mean like there wasn't that much worth to watch like you know the grizzlies were like they were just getting shots off like they were just getting buckets like dylan brooks had some shots uh desmond bain just like hit some shots like they just couldn't stop the grizzlies in the second half and then like you have like what the warriors sometimes do just play sloppy as hell like throw the ball turn the ball over you know miss shots and then take wild shots and then turn the ball over even more it, it was just one of those games. Even Jordan Poole played like shit. Like, he was usually mm-hmm. like their, you know, shining beacon, but even even he wasn't like shooting well. So it's just one of those kinds of games. You, you hope that they bring it back in game six, but like the Warriors do this, like where they kind of just fuck around and you know, lo- Lord knows like, you know, this this Grizzlies team is tough. Like even, even though it's an Oracle, like I can't say for sure that they're going to close it out.
1: Yeah, like well, they they have to win in Oracle. If not, then I I feel like it's pretty.
0: I think they can win in Memphis in Game Seven. I just like, do you want to take that risk though? Like the the Warriors have to close this one out, and you know we'll see. Like Grizzlies are give, Grizzlies are playing with fire, giving up that many open threes. I'll just say. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, did you happen to see how many turnovers the Golden State have? And how many steals the Memphis Grizzlies had uh, compared to the Warriors?
0: I know they had like 16, I think, at the half.
1: Uh, let's see. Are you talking about steals or turnovers? Turnovers. Hmm. Well, ended up with 22, which is quite, <laughs> quite that's a actually, lot. That's
0: actually not that bad. Like 16 turnovers in the first half? Like only six in the second half.
1: Yeah, you could, I guess, think about that way.
0: Yeah, only Uh, six. Yeah, so they do this sometimes. Like, they have games like this just with how, with just how like, reckless, like, they can be. Like, especially how Steph, like, especially like, he can get real reckless with the ball. And, you know, they just have games like this. mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's get, let's get on to the Celtics versus Bucks. Like, I really like this series. It is a physical series like you know Giannis is just a physical beast who just bulldozes everyone in front of him like I feel bad for Grant Williams sometimes like some of the fouls that he has to like he has to do and you know the the end of game five like I think I think they had I think Celtics had like a 12 14 point lead like at the beginning of the fourth and I thought I thought it was done but the the Bucks stayed tough they basically just outbigged um the the the, uh, the Celtics, like, they stopped playing Grayson Allen, who just wasn't doing anything out there. And they put in Bobby Portis, and that's when the game changed.
1: Yeah, they cut it down. They pretty much were down two within, I think, like, what? I want to say less than a minute left, too. Uh, and then... <sighs> who made the shot i want to say it was drew that made the shot that tied or drew hit a three that tied. yes and yeah. then like
0: there was one play i think they were down six the ball the ball gets rebounded by by the bucks and like they pass it out to Giannis for three that was a shocking shot
1: oh yeah i remember that and the last play man it was drew that just walked the What's his name? Marcus Smart and just threw it at him for his out of bounds. I mean, that pretty much sealed the game right there.
0: I mean, like, it's something about, I don't even know how to describe Drew. I call him a killer. A guy that just is in the right place to make a play. Like, it's a, more often than not. Like, last year in game five, like, he helped he helped off of Chris Paul, of all people, and yanked the ball out of Devin Booger's hands in game five. Like, he's just in the right spot to make plays. And I thought that was a good play by Smart, actually. Like, attacking early before the defense is ready. But it just so happens he ran into, <laughs> ran into Drew Holiday, like, near him. And he basically just yanked the ball away from him and threw it off him. And then on the final play, like, I don't know what the hell happened. Tatum was so open on the right side. That, like, why is Marcus Smart the one that's shooting like two possessions in a row?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, he was shooting, actually, he
0: was shooting just fine. Look, I'm not saying it was a bad idea, but like, it was just like, why is Marcus Smart the one with the ball? <laughs> like, it, he was fine. Like, it, and like, I, before the season, but like, you know, before the the half halfway point of the season, like the Celtics were struggling and I thought they had to trade Marcus Smart because he just wasn't the guy to, to bring them to the next level because his offense is so erratic and, you know, they need a point guard. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, as, as the season went on, like he was, he was great. Like he started to kind of calm down, started stop taking some ridiculous shots, stop making ridiculous plays. And then like, you remember the, the game winner that Tatum had on the nets. Like, you know, ev- like literally everyone in the building thought Marcus Smart was going to shoot that three. Tatum even talked about it. He wasn't running to get a layup. He was running to get the offensive rebound because he thought Marcus Smart was shooting at three. And instead Marcus Smart takes an extra dribble, passes it to Tatum. And you know, he wins the game and ends so up they end up sweeping the nets. Like I thought that was like the the, the the corner that they had turned. Like Marcus Smart is is that point guard that they that they've always needed. Yeah. But yeah. for one game, he just oh uh, it was a bad game.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see, what's the so they're Milwaukee free two right now? Mm-hmm. Mm what do you think uh is gonna i guess win this series at this point
0: i mean uh, you gotta pick the Bucks at this point game six in milwaukee like celtics are probably reeling. like right? they might get they might get uh was it robert williams back but i don't know how much that changes the series um and uh, yeah i think i think milwaukee <laughs> advances to face the miami heat and you know what a story that would be
1: Yeah, in terms of consistency, I would say Milwaukee will have that better chance. And, you know, Milwaukee versus the Heat, that'd be a very interesting game because, you know, they've been battling it out for the past three years and since, uh, you know, Miami went to the finals uh, during the bubble years.
0: And, you know, like they they got punked in the bubble that Milwaukee did, and then they came back the next year and punked the Miami Heat by sweeping them. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, it's a, it's a one, one series between the two of them. It's, it, this is the tiebreaker. Like, you know, the, the, the Bucks have, you know, won the championship now. Like they have that swagger about them and let's see if they, let's see if they are this new team, even without Chris Middleton, like they've been, they've still been amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we'll see about the heat too, because I mean, somewhat of a, New, I guess, team in a way with uh, some of their uh, player changes, and uh, yeah, last year Butler wasn't really that great in the playoffs at all. So yeah, he's looking pretty well this year. So it'd probably be a pretty good series in the east
0: yeah I think I think Butler is gonna get shut down (laughs) shut down in the next series if they play if they play the Bucks because because of true (laughs) not because of true because of what these what the Bucks have done to Tatum and Brown this series they cannot get to the rim. they absolutely cannot get in there and the the only reason the, the only time that they could was when Al Horford went crazy
1: because, <laughs>
0: because then all of a sudden Giannis can't help off of Horford, and voila, an open, open paint. Mm. But like, the, I don't think they have. I don't think uh, the Heat have to shoot. Well, actually, no, they do. They're gonna for. They're gonna force like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and uh, Tyler Hero to make threes. And you know, let's see. Let's see how much you believe in those guys.
1: Yep, I guess we shall see.
0: Okay, I, I mean, I don't really want to talk about the uh, Suns and the Suns and the Mavs. It's it's a very uninteresting series to me. I think the Mavs are up 20, if I remember right. Yeah, they're up 23 with two minutes to go, basically. Okay, they're going to win that game. So it's going to be a game seven. So, you know, I guess uh, the question is, who wins that series?
1: Or who wins game seven? I mean, real quick, because I kind of want to talk about either. either. Um, I want to say Phoenix i mean it's pretty back and forth back and forth uh has it been all blowout so far
0: basically like it depends on which like i think one of the games like it it wasn't it it was basically like because of free throws it looked more like a blowout but yeah i think all the games have been you know uh, a 10 point margin Mm,
1: yeah i mean uh Yeah, sure. I, I'll say it's still Phoenix's game in seven.
0: Oh, I, I even though I don't love Luca, I want, I, I don't want, I don't want to hear about Chris Paul anymore. I don't want to hear about Devin Booker. I, I, I'm going to say Luca game seven.
1: Mm, okay. Let's see if, let's see if, how uh, do those guys take a play either Memphis or, I don't know. I, I'd rather see a Phoenix versus uh, either Memphis or uh, Warriors game, in my opinion.
0: Phoenix versus Warriors would be very interesting. Uh, I'll just say, Phoenix versus Memphis not so much, but like Mavs versus Warriors, that's interesting. I think Mavs like like were either like three and one or like three and zero against the Warriors in the Ah, regular season.
1: Like they have
0: they have guys that could that they have kind of the the Warriors kind of kryptonite, switchable wings, basically. Um, we'll, we'll see how that turns out what the hell happened to campaign two minutes two
1: minutes that's it yeah two minutes what the hell happened to him hopefully nothing bad or now, I would I would say like he got
0: he he got paid but like it's a three year 11 million dollar contract like what happened <laughs> you were so good last year huh
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the news, and no, no you know injuries.
0: Them? Yeah, and Bismack is playing more minutes than you. Like Jesus. No, okay. there's okay. no way. <laughs>
1: Actually, he is. He's
0: but he's getting more minutes. Um. Anyways, yeah. So I I pick uh I pick the Mavs to win this to win this one in seven. Uh, you pick the Sun. So I like that we're on the opposite sides opposite sides of the argument on this one. If the if the Mavs lose or if the Mavs win, uh, I will make fun of you and. If the Suns lose, I dare you. Or if the Suns win, I dare you to make fun of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, at that would, point,
0: <laughs> I would light your ass
1: up. At that point, I wouldn't probably care. <laughs> I'd probably be rooting for the East anyway.
0: Okay. Well, anyways, uh that will be the that's the end of my uh, end of my notes. Anything else you want to quickly talk about?
1: Uh Oh, a lot of reddit uh talk uh, i don't know about twitter for uh for you but uh a lot of guys uh this mike brown now so what are your thoughts on that
0: i mean Stephen a like who who cares <laughs> like he just says shit for the sake of saying shit like, it is what it is i i respect them uh i mean like i guess why like i told Put that on Mike Brown. Like when your players just throw the ball away and just miss shots. Like what are you supposed to do?
1: Yeah, it's mostly on the players. And for some reason, some of the comments in Reddit, they're thinking about more of the coach's fault. And I'm like, mm. yeah, he he didn't motivate them enough. Like man, like why didn't you? What why,
0: why didn't why did you make? Why didn't Steph make more shots? Why didn't you tell him to make more shots?
1: What are supposed to do? I don't get it. <laughs> i mean it's it's kind of like how wong was i mean he was a really great coach uh when he coached the warriors not so much for us so where's that tower? Kind of argument yeah why, yeah why didn't
0: why didn't he motivate the kings why didn't you motivate <laughs> the players that play defense you know why why isn't he yelling at people on the sidelines yeah like th- that's that's what people are talking about and yeah if you if you know Sure, like he could be motivating them better, but like if you need people to motivate you better, like what are we talking about? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so yeah, That's- I mean, I don't, I don't take that, I don't take that shit seriously, anyways. Um, it is what it is. They had a bad game. Like Mike Brown, by the way, up to this point, undefeated when coaching the Warriors.
1: Oh, it was like oh, he's really? twelve
0: and one, I believe.
1: Oh, this was, his- <laughs> this, this was is- his. This was
0: far first as loss. He was undefeated. He ain't ever lost before this, so you know they, the Grizzlies have done it. They they've beaten Mike Brown in the playoffs.
1: Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I mean, it, again, it is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens next 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 series. Um, I mean, like if the Warriors lose this series, we 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 have more time with Mike Brown. Yay.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, that is true.
0: I'm picking up to win the championship, by the way. So, like, I don't think it's happening anytime soon.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that's the case, then yeah, we're we're not seeing Mike Brown till probably what summer week.
0: <laughs> but but yes, for people who th- are actually freaking out about this, you're an idiot. Go find something to do. Go find something to take your mind off of it and stop being silly. This is <laughs> not anything to worry about.
1: Oh no, indeed. <laughs> Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? No. How about you? Uh,
0: I am good. Um, If you have nothing else to talk about, let's uh, close this episode. Uh, Next episode, hopefully, we'll finally come up with something for Shaden Sharp. He he is really tough to analyze. So that's why it's been taking so long. Um, We'll also talk about some other stuff. I'll figure out some topics. But um, until then, uh, I guess we'll catch you guys on the next one.
1: Yeah, we'll see you guys later.